Cool. Let's get right into it, guys. This is the High Key Podcast. First podcast with the Lintz brothers. This is going to be huge because, you know, we don't get to talk that much. And now we're all in Palmas del Mar in Puerto Rico. So it's going to be a cool one. Let's get started off right talking about our come up, initial come up back in 2016 with our e-commerce company. You guys want to start off? Yeah, 2016, what, I was second year university? No, third year university because I dropped out later that year. And Jackson was still in high school, wasn't quite involved in the business yet. Luke was grade 12, no. Would he be in grade 12 or grade Going 11? into grade 11. No, grade 11 going into grade 12. Or going Go, into grade 11. Going into grade 11. Wow, yeah, so we just essentially, we were on the drop shipping wave, caught onto that, built up seven figures in revenue. So that's like low seven figures, one, two million. And we didn't make anything from it. Instead, we just got a bunch of skills and we acquired these skills to build what we had. And we started doing agency services for clients. And that's essentially why you wouldn't want to do product-based business. I was in like, what, grade eight, going into grade nine at the time. And like, I wasn't fully part of the business, uh, but how it went viral was doing like meme skits on Instagram with like product placements. And like, we can show some here, but I remember being in some, we were getting like millions of views and I was just like this cringe grade nine kid. <laughs> and yeah, just like, that was relatable. Cause everyone was, in, everyone's in school. Everyone we were selling to was in school, like high school, university. So. Like we were doing the right thing and we had the right idea and we gained all the skills from that product-based business to execute in our social media agency, which is what we can go into next. Yeah, biggest takeaway I think from the from the e-commerce business is it was kind of our tuition into university, you know, like instead of me going to university, you didn't go to university, Jackson. And I barely finished high school. <laughs> yeah. So like, even though we made a lot of money, we got a lot of real world experience and we were able to take that directly into the next business, which was the agency where we were doing the exact same stuff as we were for this e-commerce company, but now for clients in different industries, because it was really plug and play in terms of like scaling up a social media brand and leveling up people's brands online. And so I think, I think that's a huge takeaway is that uh, no matter where you start, you're building up skills and it's like a snowball effect that you'll likely be using those same skill sets in the future, no matter really what you do, it always comes full 360. Yeah, that's how high key started too. So it wasn't like seven figures all lost. Like we got massive brand exposure and development from it. So, well, that's the crazy thing when we we're blowing up the product-based e-commerce business is it was just Instagram that had that virality growth that we had through creating content. But now that content can be published across all social media channels, TikTok, YouTube Shorts, IG Reels, Facebook Reels, LinkedIn. That's it's all high growth and you can post it across all of that unlimited times and just consistently keep going viral with the same content and new content on all of the social platforms, which has never happened before. And so like if we were doing what we were doing before, I wouldn't say like drop shipping is dead or like product based businesses are dead because now you have so much more reach with all these different social media channels. We were just in it on one channel and we eventually like kind of gave up. Like I remember coming in as a third partner on that and just trying to revive it as you were uh, focused on social media and press and Jordan was focused on giveaways. I was just trying to like revive the company and like, or sustain what we have, sustain right? we what we customers, had. We had ongoing customers, but I think tell them about the big air though, with uh, the product based company. Yeah. Yeah. The, the biggest air with, with high key co was that we overpurchased on inventory that we didn't test in the marketplace. So we were on top of the world. Like I was in high school, Jordan was in university. Just imagine that making like seven figures. It's a valuable and, lesson though. And Super valuable getting lesson. a huge ego and thinking that since we developed all this revenue and sold all this product of these wireless earbuds, that we could do that with any single product just because our brand was there, which isn't, isn't the truth. Like whatever product that you have, and same goes for service-based businesses, whatever service you have needs to be tested in the marketplace before you actually initiate doing it. And so we purchased all these backpacks, uh, these charging backpacks, because we put so much effort into developing them Great, without man. testing it in the marketplace beforehand. And so we got screwed 
screwed over. We actually took out a loan to purchase that because it was in a time where we had low cash flow. And then we, we literally just got screwed. There was a bunch of additional costs that tacked on from there, like warehousing fees, shipping fees because of these massive backpacks that we had. It ended up turning into like around a $400,000 mistake. And uh, even though we brought in seven figures of revenue, the profit was just absolutely abysmal, which is what Joram was referring to. And so that's what allowed us to pivot into an agency because we were literally given the luxury of no other options. This is an amazing thing is that when you have the luxury of no other options, it forces you into transitioning and during that transition is when amazing things happen. And so this is when we switched into the agency because we needed to make some sort of profit and we needed to start building a team. And so we got our first agency client, which was Stefan Arneo, and we started building up a social media and then eventually a press team. So you guys want to get into that? I actually want to touch base on like an issue with the product-based business because like the earbuds were the main product. Like we sold wireless earbuds. We, well, the, the main issue was going away from focus. Is that where you're going to go? Yeah, yeah like yeah, the yeah. wireless earbuds were the product that did seven figures in revenue. And then we separated to, oh, let's do charging backpacks. Let's do speakers. And I think How much a, do we do on the backpack? I think it's a great example of losing focus on something that's working. The earbuds were working. So if that just got doubled down on instead of moving towards backpacks and speakers, which did not sell up. Uh, as well at all, then we would have seen like more success and we potentially could have kept going with that. Yeah, that's for sure accurate, but we're people, people anyways, you know, the product to, to consumer, like product, yeah, yeah. the service-based business fits our personalities more for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Just reflecting. Mm -hmm. obviously on yeah, definitely. But no, you're fully right. I was going to say that too. Cool. Let's get into service-based business. Start up the agency, start with social media management in the real estate uh, industry specifically. And so start scaling up the social media side of things and then eventually getting into press. So what'd that look like? Well, I mean, you're the, you're the head runner of the social media side of things. Yeah. You can't ask Jackson how it looked like because we're the <laughs> well, one. Well, dude, when, when you were starting like the social media side with Stefan Arneo as uh, the partner, I was still running, like trying to run the e-commerce business. So like I was doing the fulfillment, the shipping, the I, customer service, yeah. the, the content, trying to take all of the product-based business over with the earbuds and everything. We tried to run giveaways oh. and stuff. We did so much around Let's that. Let's go off what you dude, said though, dude, the, But the reason because that is, the reason we went still were going hard on the e-commerce business and trying to make it work was all Jordan. Because Jordan, he gets fixated on certain things and he just wants it to work, which is like, comes with pros and cons. Facts. So like Jordan literally- well, I, I didn't know it was costing us I didn't know how much it was costing us per month and we sold all this inventory. So like, why wouldn't we just keep our online store? Open? No, but throughout the entire time of High Key Co, you genuinely believe that High Key Co, the proc based business and wireless earbuds. Dude, I'm gonna, gonna say this right now. We're gonna bring the fucking wireless earbuds back. No, I, I am. <laughs> no, I, we are going to. But, but we you, are, we are. You, you, you thought that we were gonna become like the, the next Apple with that. And it, which is good. And now, we're, now, now we're gonna be the next, actually we're gonna be something that isn't even around. We're literally developing something so fucking new age. It's not even around yet. Modern press, nobody's doing it like we are. No one's delivering at the level that we are. Nobody's working with the volume of celebrities, A-list celebrities. We're not talking influencers on TikTok. Like nobody's working with the volume of A-list celebrities we are. Nobody has the press capabilities we do. We're building something totally original now. So I can't even, we we're not even gonna compare ourselves to. Okay, let's to let's stay on company. track with the, with the story. Um, so yeah, I was, I was still running the product-based business. You were doing the social media side of things with Stefan and stuff. And then the giveaways came into play, which I'll let you touch on. That just started exploding and pretty much became an infinite money glitch. So. Yeah, so it was social media first. It was, we were taking <laughs> infinite money glitch. <laughs> yeah, until it wasn't, right? Until the market started uh, taking a keel over. Yeah, but how did, how did the giveaways start? Like what was... Okay, well, let's talk about the social media first. How big was our social agency of clients and and uh, volume per year w when giveaways started? Like, how big were we already? Yeah, so we were running Hikey Co, the product-based business, where we were selling wireless earbuds, and then we were out for lunch just in our local town 
with our mom, all three of us and our mom. And right behind us, we had this dude who was talking about real estate and just trashing on his social media team. And our mom knew the business that we were running with the wireless earbuds. And our mom overheard that conversation. And basically this guy, this real estate investor walked up from the conversation and my mom flagged her down, flagged him down and was like, hey, excuse me, sir. I heard you bashing on your current social media team. And then uh, he was like, yes, I was. And she's like, well, my sons are actually unbelievable social media marketers. And then he's like, oh, really? He looks at me and he's like, how old are you? And then I'm like, I think I said that I was uh, 19 at the time. And then he's like to Jordan, how old are you? And then Jordan's like, I'm 22. Perfect. He writes his phone number down on a sticky note, passes it to us. And uh, basically he's like, call this number after your guys lunch and pitch me. And so I called him up and, I'm, and I, I just told him, I'm like, hey man, so we grow our e-commerce company to seven figures. You can look at our Instagram here. We've never worked in the real estate space, just being completely truthful. And uh, we'd love to work on your social media platforms. He's like, amazing. Come to this address on this time and give me a standard proposal. Never wrote up a proposal in our life. Literally spent the entire next day making a contract. And we didn't have ChatGPT at the time that could make you a contract in the matter of 20 seconds. So had to learn about making a contract on like Law Depot or wherever that, that site is that makes standard customized contracts. Went the next day to him submitted the contract and approved it and it was five thousand dollars a month and so we went from making like so little profit in our e-commerce company to having this five thousand dollar per month contract and we didn't have any team in place and i was the one who was staying up every single night editing the content jordan was helping out with things and the jackson was taking was care of the content yeah jackson was taking care of the e-commerce company and then so from that one client brought more referrals in the real estate space because we were so hands-on and we literally, th this was a huge indicator of success with him, but then also like a, a perfect representation of really good business. You do such a good job on one client that you make them your highlight client and your highlight reel so that you can show it to other clients. And it doesn't matter about how much you spend on that, how much time you put into that, because the better you make that one person look, the easier it is to get other clients after that. And so that was sick. And uh, that's exactly what we did. He referred over other business to us. He knew how sick we were. And so he literally asked us to go into partnership with him. And so we ended up partnering him on the agency. This is when Jackson was still working on the e-commerce company because we didn't really have as much time to do that. And then I was working day to day on that, started scaling up getting more referrals, getting more business in from just the social media side of things, ended up getting to, uh, I think it was about 10 clients, 10 social media clients. Within the first year? Was that within the first yeah, year? Yeah, within the first year. And then social media uh, took a switch where basically like, clients were really wanting social media growth. That was the main thing. And it was huge yeah. because the term like clout came Mainly out. Instagram growth, yeah. specifically Instagram. Yeah. And, and clout came out, that, that term. And it was like a huge thing that like people were wanting to be cloudy. Like people were wanting to yeah. have, have a ton of social media followers. Cloud on specifically Instagram became very important. And it still is very important. It's the modern day business card, as we know. And all clients wanted it. And we were able to provide it with uh, celebrity connections that we developed over the years and we could like, I guess we could list them and go into them. But how, how did the, how did the first giveaway start? Cause like, I remember like I was, I was running the product based e-commerce company and I was like kind of doing everything. So I was like really bogged down with that customer support, shipping out stuff from our basement, like literally our basement in this like three bedroom house that we were all living in, shipping out stuff on a daily basis, earbuds and just packages and everything. Uh, and then kind of the giveaway was found and that just like started sparking gold. So I, I don't think you realize this, but how the giveaway started, and I'm not sure if you remember this, but how giveaway started was you were, reselling. you were reselling Supreme Patty spots. Yeah, like so just a small, a smaller influencer, right? Not as you wouldn't necessarily deem him a celebrity. Yeah. Supreme but Patty was started. running these small giveaways and his manager, Jordan was connected with him and Jordan was just reaching out to people over Instagram DMs, reselling like five, 10 spots. Yeah, originally I tried to sell it to our current client base, right? Yeah. But then it became so big on Instagram. There's so many people in the market buying and it's just, it became easy to spend every hour of the day yeah. selling. And I remember this so vividly. It was at Folk Fest in Winnipeg. Yeah, I remember this vividly. And I'm talking with Jorn and me and Jorn are sitting. I think Jorn was, was, was high, pretty high and... Always high. 
<laughs> we're sitting we're sitting down and Jordan and me are having this conversation about the giveaways and we're, we're brainstorming and both of us are like yo like you're literally selling like 10 to 15 spots per giveaway and reselling these spots like why don't we just run these giveaways for ourselves because yeah. we're paying like the hard cost and we could run it way better we could create a brand around it we start brainstorming all these ideas and then we kind of put it on the back burner because that was in July and we put it on the back burner and we didn't really get it going. And then what happened is we ended up going to LA meeting up with some people and then that we had nothing to do with the giveaways though. That was getting Stefan on Logan's podcast. Yeah. And then we really wanted to run our own first giveaway. And so what happened is you just accumulated all the connections that you had from the past of high key co every single celebrity connection yeah. and you basically reach out, what was our first one? Bad Baby, Real Tarzan. Uh, yeah, just a bunch of like smaller ones. Bad Woody Baby and Kleine. Bad yeah. Baby was the headliner though. Bad Baby was the headliner. Yeah, I think, we, I think, I think it would be good if we talked about like actual numbers. Like people wanna hear about real, people wanna hear about numbers yeah. for sure. Like when we're, when we're talking about this. Yeah, so up until the point of the giveaways, so just as context is we had Haiki Co, the product-based business where we made seven figures of revenue within like the first three years, but horrible profit. We actually lost money because of those mistakes we talked about. Yeah, and all these fucking e-com people saying they're making hundreds of thousands of dollars, it's revenue. It's and you're all making, revenue. You're making barely anything. Like they're, they're, making, they're making enough to live, right? But they're saying like, I'm making hundreds of thousands, like not really. And margins are lying. Well, the issue is that they're saying it like they're profiting that much, right? But like, I mean, exactly. they, they're still making money, but like there's a lot of things that go into revenue mm -hmm. and like subtracting that from actual profit. Yeah, but most women are teaching e-com because service-based businesses win over product. Unless your product is just so fucking crazy and you're able to raise a ton of capital and it's like that next, that next level product that's really gonna change someone's life, but. Yeah, so let's get into the numbers. So Haiki Co, seven figures of revenue, horrible profit, actually lost money. Haiki Agency, uh, first year before we started up the giveaways with social media, we were making about 20K revenue per month. And that was coming out to about like 10K profit per month because we didn't have that much overhead with the team and we were doing the majority of the work ourselves. And then we started up the giveaways first giveaway that we ran was end of December 2019 and we ran a giveaway where it was a hundred thousand followers for each sponsor that sponsored the campaign we called them sponsors who entered the giveaways and we ended up making a pretty big bag off of yeah, that and this is when Instagram was juiced too it still had all the natural engagement TikTok I don't even think it was around yeah I think it was still musically or whatever yeah but yeah that's when Instagram had all the juice all the short form video juice and we were like those 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 celebrity videos were slapping uh, themselves. Well, the bad the bad baby campaign like did insane. Like, that was insane. like the that was actually like the best performing campaign out of like anyone that we've done. Six nine was better. But. Yeah, but in terms of like clout levels, like hers like smacked. Like giveaways were hot at the start for like, sure. Compared to what do we do now? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah, Instagram is going downhill. So I think we brought in from that first giveaway two hundred fifty thousand to three hundred thousand dollars in revenue. And then profit was at about 150,000 because the profit margins on the giveaways were nuts. And then what happened with the giveaways is from that first giveaway, we like create a spark in the industry and then just kept gaining more connections. Jorn was reaching out to managers all the time. Yeah. We had partners and affiliates that were sending us deals and we were paying them commission checks for bringing us more celebrities. And it really was a snowball effect. And then during COVID, this is when it was all blowing up and we ended up connecting with massive celebrities kevin hart snoop dogg bella thorne yeah and, and how so how we got the celebrities for our deals it was a combination of me reaching out to the managers and them reaching out to us managers reaching out to us sometimes celebrities directly in the dm like well what celebrity deals have we gotten directly in the dm there's many taiga little, little six baby. nine little baby yeah, what else though? There's more. Quavo. Quavo, yeah. Uh -huh. Those four? I feel like there's more, but those I, four for I sure. I think the key to the success of high key cloud in the giveaway space is that 
we separate ourselves by creating a brand around high key clout instead of a lot of these other kids and stuff that are running giveaways, you know, scamming clients, not getting the results, not giving away the prizes. Yeah. I While mean, we were staying consistent on each giveaway, mm-hmm. hitting results for the clients, giving away all the prizes, making everything very official and built around a brand. And I think yeah. that's what separated us and allowed us to dominate the space for USA giveaways. Yeah. I mean, like we didn't do, we didn't hit eight figures with giveaways though, right? Did we hit eight figures yeah, revenue? Yeah. We did? Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. So that, that's crazy. I actually didn't know that. We did. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. I didn't know that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So the gift- Legitimate eight figures, not any of these cappers. That's revenue like we- though. Once again, that's revenue. We didn't, we have to pay all these celebrities. We got to pay all the prizes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like the, the, there's a lot that goes into it, but we, yeah. we achieved eight figures revenue. Yeah. And it- that's because the giveaway model is a win, win, win model. What we mean by that, three wins, right? Clients winning because they're gaining the exposure. The fans are winning because they they get a chance to win huge prizes, cars, luxury products, like crazy prizes. And then, uh, wait, wait is, it tri- is it quadruple win? Yeah, because the celeb wins because they get paid and we win because we get to host this awesome event online. Yeah. And when people are, when people are like, uh, yo, why would you pay for followers? I mean, it's pretty simple. Like a good example is when you take two surgeons on Instagram and you're comparing them. They might have the same services. They might have the same skill level. But one of them who has 200K followers on Instagram and the other one who has 5,000, who are you going to trust more to do surgery on your body? You're going to trust the person with 200K followers. So buying real USA followers is pretty valuable to a lot of people. Do you know why? Because it's like it shows that they care about their presence. And if they care about their presence online, it's like, damn, they must really care about what they do for work. Exactly. Dude, let's get into an amazing conversation where talking about all this money and just to to your point in terms dude, of dude i did not know we hit fucking eight figures on the giveaways yeah we so we hit Holy we shit. we ended up hitting just about 14 million in revenue for the what? giveaways us usd yeah right? yeah right, usd so amazing point is we got to 14 million in usd from the high key cloak giveaways plus all the stuff that we were doing from the social media side of things and then entering the press space all with the three of us selling and we had a fulfillment team that we were building, but we didn't have a sales team at all. And it was just us three selling. And the majority of our sales weren't even over the phone and it was all Instagram DM selling. It was barely over the phone. It Dude, was it was all over IG It DMs. was all in the DMs, bro. We were up for like all hours just hammering and DMs. And it still is all in the DMs. It's yeah. it, there's major upside in Instagram DMs. If you aren't already operating your business online, you should be. And if you're not taking advantage of Instagram DMs, you should be because there's leads being acquired every single day. But yeah, when we were selling Instagram DMs, I mean, when we were selling celebrity giveaways, we were in the, we were in the DMs for like all hours. I'd be going to bed at like two, cra- uh, crashing out. And this guy's up to like five, smoking J's, selling giveaways. <laughs> I literally Jordan would always sell the most too. I have a screenshot saying it was the day I worked the most. It was literally 22 hours. It was probably right before a giveaway, but it was 22 hours and I was literally on my phone the whole time. But you know, it was one of those days where it overlaps and you get that sleep, but it just shows on that 24 hour cycle, 22 hours. And it was like all Instagram. So on the topic of us being the only three people to sell to over to eight figures from the giveaways and the entire business, I think we should get into two topics with this. One, I think it could be sick for the audience to learn about the best techniques of Instagram DM selling because we have to be up there. We're probably top 10 company to make the most amount of sales through the Instagram DMs, hands down. Top There's 10, yeah. For sure, for sure, top 10 in the world. And so one best Dude, I, techniques- I would argue I've DM more people than anybody in the world. Me personally. I'd agree. I'd agree. So, I, would, I would argue I'm literally the number one DMer in the world. Not anymore. I retired. I retired, right? I'm coach. I'm, I'm coach. He's coaching coach now. Coach He's Jordan coaching now. the people in the But DMs, I was fucking looping. Like, like nobody was messaging more people on Instagram than me for that three-year period, 2020 to 20, like now. So number one is getting into the best techniques and practices for Instagram DMing or any type of DMing for actual takeaways for people to literally take from this podcast and wow. go into a DM strategy to start making money for themselves with a service-based business. Number two is we should talk about how we transitioned from just Instagram DM selling and with just the three of us selling to building out a full sales team. Because 
this is a huge thing that Alex Hermosi talks about, and that's the reason why we transitioned from us three selling to an entire sales team, because we realized that Instagram DMs were our, our shit. Like Instagram DMs were where we made our money, but you, you cap out on a specific sales channel once you get to a certain point. And we reached that cap and we reached it hard. It was a hard, hard cap. We have five verified accounts on Instagram. What is it, five or six? Six. six. We have six verified accounts on Instagram. So that's six people working full time. And obviously we can't be doing that anymore because well, our whole our whole system is just completely different. But let's go into your questions and let's let's make sure we talk about it in a way that could be format for YouTube Shorts because we can give a ton of value on this. And then Let's do it good. really clear. So if we're gonna list the top five Instagram DM strategies going into 2023 and how to make seven figures with a service-based business only through Instagram DMs. Damn, We're gonna go one by one. Scratch, that's so tough. Jordan, top Instagram DM strategy. Seven we're, figures. Okay, so we're, we're coming from like, uh, this is a fresh person that just is gonna start DMing. They're gonna have to connect with someone who provides a quality service that in order to have the right, right uh, thing to DM the person, right? So they're gonna have to partner up. If you're just one person, you're gonna have to, first off, you're gonna have to develop your Instagram, you're gonna have to develop your personal brand, you're gonna have to get your content right, you're gonna have to make yourself presentable to these people when you DM them. And you do not wanna just say, hey, how are you doing? Or something super vague. And you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to partner with a service that makes sense for the people you're targeting on Instagram to DM. That's I think one. I think a big thing that gets missed with Instagram DMs is straight up just volume. Like you need to be DMing all day, especially when you're starting up. Like if it's just you, you gotta be DMing all day. You gotta be outreaching to new people all day and hammering them. A lot of people say it, I think it's like a hundred outreaches a day. You can do even more. Just all day is what we were doing to reach the most amount of people possible. And, and find you can't just be messaging new people all day. Instagram has those restrictions, right? So, but we had six accounts, so it was me. It was me and you. Like I was going oh, on right, four yeah, accounts, yeah. messaging, and you can create multiple accounts as well. But like, yeah, you need to just be doing high volume, whether that's Instagram DMs, emails, 10, 15 people an hour. You got to DM ten to fifteen people an hour, and then what are you doing? After a day, you have over a hundred people in your list, so you follow up with them every two to three days, and then all of a sudden you're working every day on your list. You're creating the list. You're you're adding new people to the list, like. It, over the course of the giveaways, I have over 10,000 people, probably way more than that now. There's probably like 20,000 people in my personal DM contacts. And these are all people with money that want to buy stuff. Yeah. Okay. Anyone can work on this. So these were absolutely money takeaways. So I'm simply going to recap them. And I think that there's not that much more to add on to them. So actual takeaways to get to seven figures in revenue in one year purely with Instagram DMs. That's number one, build out your Instagram profile or your social media profile that you're DMing from. Instagram's the best, but you gotta make it look presentable. It's your digital business card, and so you have to make it look absolutely money because these people are gonna be looking at your profile right when they reach out. Number two, connect with a good product or service if you don't currently have one. You need a fulfillment team that's extremely good because once you fulfill on a client after you sell them, they're gonna send you over a referral. So you definitely need that. Number three is that you need to hit the numbers. You need to hit massive numbers with Instagram DM outreach. You're not gonna make any bank if you're not hitting those numbers. So you wanna make sure you understand the caps, which is about right now 20 DMs per hour. You wanna cap it probably at 100 DMs, cold DMs per day, but you can send unlimited DMs to the people who are already on your list. So if you DM them in the past, you can send more DMs to them, unlimited DMs, once they're already in your DMs. Huge thing. Number four, follow-up. Follow-up game is strong, has to be strong. You have to be following up with the leads. You should be following up with them every second day or else it's just going into dead water. You know, follow-up game is one of the biggest things. Did I miss anything? Yeah, follow-up is the biggest thing in sales. Like literally, it's 80-20 rule. There's an 80-20 rule for a lot of things, but 80% of your sales are gonna come from your follow-up. So if you're not following up, you're not gonna make it. Number five, Instagram DMs, just thought of it. 
it's the first five words of your Instagram DM is what shows up in the other person's inbox. And so it has to be something that's extremely enticing that not every single other person, their mom are DMing about. So it has to be something that's going to make the person click on it, make the person want to go to your profile, make the person who wants to read the message. And then a add on to number five is making sure the message isn't too long. Even if you get somebody to open up your message and go to your profile, nobody's going to read an entire essay in their Instagram DMs. They're going on there to be quick and fast. So those are the actual takeaways to take into uh, your next year to try and make seven figures in selling a product or service in 2023. Here's a really good tip to make seven figures in the DMs. When you find someone who's like really good in your niche or making a lot of money, go to their following list and hit up everyone in their following list because they're going to be following similar people to who they like or who they are. And if you don't find someone, then you go to the next person and you can find a bunch of good people just doing that instead of like going into individually searching up people like business coaches and just going to individual pages. You're going to the, the following pages of all of the, of the, of the person. The That's client. free game. Yeah. Cool. Let's get into point two that I was talking about of how we transitioned from us three kind of Instagram DM slash referral sales. Like, all of our revenue being brought in th through that into building a sales team. And I think a key takeaway here is we actually did an amazing transition from this. It was actually amazing looking back on it. Cause what happened is we just, we just fired ourselves. Essentially we fired ourselves, replaced it with team members and we're coaching and we're giving all of our best abilities to our team. It, and they can just carry out what we do at scale. Exactly. But what I was going to say is during the transition is we started hiring salespeople, started building it out. But what you did, Jordan, is you kept doing Instagram DM sales. And I you had to. We were finishing the giveaways. Up. I know. But this is a good point. Like, is I can't that just leave the spots not sold. Exactly. This is a really good point is that we didn't like just do a full on pivot. Like we didn't burn the bridge of that. What, what got us there. Kind of like what we did with High Key Co. We're like, you have to stay focused on what is making you the money and what's bringing in the revenue until the other thing has a proven model. And right. so we didn't switch things exactly. over into from the Instagram DM selling of us selling to the sales pipeline that we have built out with our sales team until it started proving itself that was making the same amount of money as the Instagram DM sales. Yeah. And also Instagram slowing down the market, all these things affected the giveaways, the giveaways like turnout of clients and, and just like, Clients not prioritizing that as much, and clients are prioritizing press, as we know. Press on Google is probably the most important thing for a brand and anyone developing an online presence. So, so if anybody's wondering, how did we build out a sales team where none of us really sell anymore and we're making more revenue than we did previously? It was quite simple, actually. We just watched a video from Alex Hermosi talking about the SDR, SDS, BC structure, how to hire salespeople. It's actually unbelievable. If you're not watching Alex Hermosi, you're literally losing in business. Like he's giving away all of his knowledge for free. Free game. Free game. Like literally you're putting yourself at just a huge disadvantage. I've literally just watched his videos and implemented it to perfection. And that's exactly like how we've gotten here. And so I don't even, we don't even really need to go in how we built out the sales team. Cause it's kind of just like, <laughs> Bro, our... it was literally one of Alex's videos. It was like a over an hour video of him just talking about how to build out an SDR, SDS and BC sales structure. Uh, and just kind of following that and implementing it into the business. Cause we already had products that were just, that were sellable. So implementing that sales team was just kind of the next step to get us out and yeah I think the key for us is we already had the product there really like we already had the base product I know we add we're, we're constantly adding uh publicist outlets and and more more tv but like our core product is was the same when we built the sales team yeah I, I think there's two main things of why our sales team was extremely successful pretty much right off the bat and the one is because we had the product or service there slash the fulfillment team to to fulfill on the product or service well, we were already successful too we we're already making money we did it's not like one month we stopped making money 
you know, like we were always making money. Exactly. Yeah. So we had the product or service and the fulfillment team to fulfill on the service extremely well so that we weren't burning any bridges or burning in relationships. And then the second thing is that we had an extremely good brand in place already. And so, especially with salespeople, when they're on just commission based, uh, when they're on commission based for making all of their money, they need to be on a brand that is extremely committed and basically like one building the trust with the clients extremely easy so that it's easier to make the sale but also so that they're a part of this huge vision and this huge uh thing that's moving in a great direction which is definitely harder for somebody to build a sales team without that brand in place yeah totally and we practice what we preach that's honestly so important for business people is is literally practicing what you preach aka using what you sell like we have tons of press, high key enterprises, high key agency, high key clout, Jordan Jackson, Luke Lintz. We have an incredible press about ourselves, but like we have all the products we sell, we use them. But everything comes down to the product, right? Like you could hire the best people, you could have the best marketing, whatever, but it all comes down to the products. The product will market itself. And yeah. Uh, Very true. Um, what should we get into? We haven't really talked about press, how we entered the press game. Yeah. Talked about social media, talked about giveaways. You you brought up press a ton, but because press is something we've been working on. It's just it's just how how it went is often I'd find a lead interested in press and I'd send him, set him, set him, her to Luke, and Luke would close. It's pretty much the exact same framework we have with the sales team, except we're not directly involved in any of these transactions with the clients. Yeah, you were the main one that I kind of like found the publications because like it was social media giveaways that we were doing, and then kind of well, that was also the press I would also send you people too, but like anyone messaging about press, it's a send off to Luke. It's a set to Luke. They're talking about press. Yeah, yeah, we started off in the press game in kind of like a. Mm, it, it was kind of like a really low tier manner. So we were running the giveaways at a very high level. Our social media was pretty solid because we had a good team in place all right team in place at the time. And then press, we were starting out with press syndications. So like what that means is basically you write up an article, uh, usually in first person about the company, and then you syndicate it across multiple different publications. And usually this is with like Yahoo Finance, Yahoo News, and we were pretty much just like selling it for higher than what we were buying them for and making the profit in between, writing up the article in a good manner and then sending it out. So our press skills were really low at the beginning. Like we were literally just practically Sorry. doing press syndications. And then we started hiring more people from traditional PR firms, from uh, that have a lot of press experience. And I think that's where things really started kicking off because again, product or service started developing in a really good direction. <laughs> Do you guys think uh, Twitter has a chance to beat Meta? For what? Serious question, honestly. Like just for social media? Yeah. Zero. I don't, I don't know. I just think Elon can beat Zuckerberg. Zero chance. Yeah? Yeah, Elon Musk is distracted. No, he's not. He's distracted from everything else but Twitter. He's literally hyper focused on Twitter. He's yeah, on that's it. the issue, he's bro. He's updating like Natter. He's Dude, updating he, like Natter. Elon Musk is hyper focused on Twitter and he's yeah. sacrificing Tesla. Yeah, I just asked. I didn't ask anything about Tesla. Because he's pissing off like the the, the libtards and stuff on Twitter uh, that are that are that are mainly bought into Tesla and heavily yeah, but invested. Who cares about Tesla? Elon cares about Twitter more. I'm talking about Twitter versus Meta, because. They just lost 13 billion developing this metaverse that no one has fucking entered. Like Elon is, is literally the goat. It's kind of like, I think Twitter is going to build on decentralized social blockchain, free up all their storage costs. And they're going to fucking lily pad meta. This is actually something we could talk about real quick is DSO. So we're we've been in the social media Bro, space we can't we can't get into we can bring that. it up a bit we can bring it up a bit Bro, because jo so jordan's gonna go crack we're jordan's gonna go crackhead on this no, we will not. honestly it's low right now I'm not even trying yeah to talk we, about DSO. we will turn this into an entire episode in the future but basically DSO stands for decentralized social media just like how DeFi stands for decentralized finance and we've been in the social media side of things literally since the start of our 
the start of our careers in business. Like literally all the way back in the product-based business days, we were in social media. That's how we were making all of our sales. So it only made sense that when crypto started making a huge come up and there was starting to be decentralization in the social media space, that when that came out, we would pounce on it. And so what happened is this blockchain came out called BitClout that's now referred to as DSO. It's the blockchain called DSO, staying for decentralized social media. And we definitely pounced on it. We made a huge investment into it. And it's definitely, it's definitely not doing well right now. Got absolutely wrecked just in full transparency, much like a lot of people in the crypto space. And we'll talk about it more. Just want to put it out there because we've definitely had a history of documenting DSO because even though we got wrecked in it, we're still holding on to everything that we have in it just because we believe in it heavily for the future. Like DSO is the front runner of the decentralized social media space, undoubtedly. They're invested by massive companies that are backing them. And so we think that it's gonna have a huge come, come up at some point. Just, I don't think that the current times are- Elon Musk, there's an article that says, Elon Musk has said this, Elon Musk has said, that Twitter will be building on the blockchain. Why is this? Because they want to free up all their storage costs. That's so expensive. Storing all this data, likes, comments, posts, storing all that videos, yeah. so much cost, right? So Elon is already determined to build on the blockchain. And everyone's like, oh, he's, he's gonna build on Bitcoin. You can't build on Bitcoin. People have no concept of what it means to store social, all this, all this social data. And so his, his only real option is gonna be DSO. I mean, Google, decentralized social, right? Yeah. To wrap it up, pretty much high key is holding a bag in DSO, and it's the number one crypto that we're holding. Not Bitcoin, not any of this shit coins, and it's not no meme coins. Really at all. Yeah, I mean, it's just like we believe in it so much. And you can check out all the old YouTube videos that we have up on BitClout and uh, kind of like the basis of the blockchain and everything. Cool. Now let's, now let's get back to us. What, what's left on there? Yeah. Well, press team, I think we kind of went into. We can definitely, we could talk a ton about the press team. It, this is going to, yeah, this is kind of just supposed to be like an overview. Like yeah. we can dive deeper into all these things. Yeah, I think. I think, I think let's talk about what, like, I think we're caught up to what we're doing right now. Right. I, I, I want I want to talk a bit about a bit more in depth about press because like just in case yeah, super super in depth like what we're mainly doing now is press just so that everybody's clear. High key enterprises is our main company, and then underneath it we have high key agency that focuses solely on press pretty much, and then we have high key clout that social uh, that specializes on the social media side of things. Here, do it again, just because we could click that. I think that's good. Yeah, we have so we have high key agency that focuses solely on the press side of things, and then high key clout that focuses solely on the social media side of things, social media management, social media growth. So if we look at the press side of things, what we're mainly doing right now for our clients is what's known as earned media. So we're basically doing various styles of pitching our clients out with extremely compelling story angles to secure them in the highest level tier one media placements, where basically journalists are either coming to us or replying to our responses via a ton of different methods and saying, yes, I want to interview this client about this specific topic because he is a thought leader. And so through this, with high key agency, we're getting our clients featured in publications like Forbes, New York Times, Business Insider, some of the biggest publications around the world. And this is where we're disrupting the space the most. And this is what Jordan was referring to previously, where we believe that we're gonna become the number one public relations company in the entire world. And we're gonna take out every single one. Edelman, definitely be watching out for us. I think they're Edelman's gonna get fucking wrecked. <laughs> Edelman's done. They're done. They're one foot in the grave. This is modern PR. We guarantee shit. Get wrecked with your bullshit. You guys don't even guarantee shit. You'll work for your clients. We'll, we'll work for eight months and uh, you, you might get published. You might. Yeah. How about guaranteeing getting published? Biggest difference between us and other PR firms, other traditional PR firms, we put our money where our mouth is, not only with our services, 
that we do for ourselves because we believe in PR. We are the number one clients of our own services, but also we put our money where our mouth is with our clients. We're so confident in our pitching ability for every single one of our clients in a ton of different agent industries. You can see it on our website, but in all those industries, we'll put guarantees in place on a month to month basis in terms of what we'll deliver. So everything's transparent, but that's a good enough topic about press and high key agency. Let's get into the giveaway we have coming up with high key clout. Cardi B might be Big happening. Giveaway. Yeah, so that's that's locked in. Is it locked in? Like fully locked? Well, yeah, it's airing, so that means it's locked in. Let's just let's just we're gonna say it's locked in. It's not. We're gonna scrap it. You Got know? it. Yeah. It's locked in. Cardi B's locked in. We're going to New York. We've never met Cardi B. We've worked with her before. Did a huge Cardi B giveaway, and definitely one of our top ten celebrities we worked with. And um, yeah, that's gonna be in April. Launch in April. Cardi B giveaway. Maybe we'll give away a car. Well, Expensive stuff for sure. Yeah, designer stuff for a car. I would say it's the best. Cool. Anything else with that? I don't even know. I, I feel like we should talk. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> I, like, what else am I supposed to say? We've been doing, give away, we've been doing giveaways for six years. It's, it's so like Cardi really B like, giveaway. Like, that's huh? a pretty normal thing to happen. We'll just fly to New York and film that Do real I? quick. Yeah, we still yeah. sell the spots. Of course, uh -huh. of course. Oh, yeah. It's. Yeah, yeah. Talk about the. Uh, oh, so so break down the Cardi B giveaway like the numbers. Yeah, numbers. How we're selling the spots. Um, just thinking. Should we talk about exact numbers, like how much we pay Cardi B and stuff? No, we should not. Absolutely not. Um, <laughs> I I I, I want to get on one more clip of just like the top ten celebrities we work with, because I actually want to know, like, what do you guys think of the top ten celebrities? I think we can agree the top five. In Kevin, no, in Kevin no, Hart, no Cardi B, Nicki Minaj, 6 9 No, wait. Lil Baby. Nicki, Nicki Minaj, you said? Yeah. Lil Cardi Baby. B, Nicki Minaj are probably the top two, right? And then there's Kevin Hart, Snoop Dogg. Mayweather. Mayweather's top five, right? Rounds of the top five. Lil Baby. Lil Baby in the number six. 6 9 Rick Ross? I don't know. They don't like 6 9 yeah. He's a nice guy. Why? What did he do here? Yeah. Oh, mm -hmm. all right. Really? Yeah, let's not mention <laughs> Bella Thorne would probably be up there. Really? Okay. Really? So, last topic before we wrap up this first hockey podcast. Goals of 2023 for the business, which is mainly high key. So, let's focus on high key. Goals 2023. Uh, for me personally, I mean, I'm 100% working on the social media side of things and uh, a big goal for 2023 is just like, how can we provide the most value to our clients? And a big thing that we're seeing in terms of a trend in social media is being authentic, telling stories and, uh, and really just like sharing your experience with people, right? Cause like there's people like a very successful real estate uh, business owner who's like 40 years old has an incredible story of how she come up, how she came up or you know how she got to that place and that could be that could be saying like what was what, what did she talk about or like what what was her failures what was her successes and all of that and just like sharing her story more instead of just like spreading all this like superficial type of content like oh how do you get into real estate like actually showing who they are as a person and all of that is is kind of what we're focusing on with the clients that we have now. That's kind of what we're doing right here with this. We're doing one recap episode about everything we've done up to, to this point, and we're gonna keep doing episodes every week and prioritize short form content. YouTube shorts, TikToks, IG reels. We're gonna do Facebook reels? We're gonna do, is that even a thing? Yeah, I mean, that's a big thing. Cause like before when we were running the product-based e-commerce company, and then we transitioned to the social media agency, we were creating content and we built a brand. And so that's where the agency made sense, right? So now we're going to be creating content and it's going to make more sense with uh, us running our clients' pages and stuff because we're telling our story, we're being more authentic. And so we're kind of showing an example to our clients, which is, which is part of the goal. Yeah, but I think the big goal is the expansion of our sales team. So Luke, what, sure. how, many, how many closers do we want on the team by the end of the, end of the year? Let me rephrase. I'll, I'll re-say everything. Yeah. Yeah. This is a good question. Okay. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. 
So Luke, what's high key's goal for us to have? No wait. So Luke, what's high key's goal in terms of number of people to have on a closer side and setter side, just the whole sales team? What's our goal to have? Like how many people? Yeah. So basically, this is an amazing practice for any single person who has a sales team currently or is looking to get into a sales team and wanting to basically project how much money you're going to make in the future. So what we did is we took how much revenue we want to bring in in the current year and in the future years. And then since we have our sales team established, we reverse engineered the amount of salespeople we need to have based off of the amount of calls that need to happen each month, based off of the amount of calls that need to happen each day. And it's really just a numbers game at that, which is kind of funny because it comes back to how business is just a game, you know, like you're just positioning people in the right places. And so by the end of this year, we want to be having 10 BCs known as business consultants, AKA closers on our team. We want to have 25 SDSs known as sales development specialists. And then the, we have an SDR team that we don't currently have numbers for because it's just being built out on the cold calling side of things where we're putting a cold calling team in place, starting with five cold callers right now and we'll be updating how that goes. And then we currently have a team of 10 SDRs on the messaging side of things that uh, isn't really scaling up past then because they're just focusing on uh, the social media DMs, which as we said, it's kind of capped out uh, as of right now. But what this will lead to, if we can successfully get to those numbers of people, it'll lead to uh, a metric of around 25 million in revenue in 2023, which would be massive for, for the entire squad. Allow us to scale up the fulfillment side to an unbelievable level. So Ike's goal is $25 million this year. Would you say that's an uncomfortable goal for us? Or is that, I, I think it's pretty attainable. I think it's pretty attainable. It's semi-uncomfortable. It's a pretty uncomfortable goal. Definitely 25 million. Like I, I think it's assuming we had as big a team as we wanted all year. When in reality, we just started ramping it up crazy in January. That's exactly what it is. It's yeah. assuming that we had that, that full-size team throughout the entire year, but we're going to scale up to that. So in reality, if I had to set a very like conservative goal with just the team we have in place right now, I think we can get to about 15 million in, in 2023. So I, I, I think it's an uncomfortable goal, but if we do scale up rapidly, like our direct ads are just hitting ma massively, cold calling team getting started, the social media DMs are still ramping up. Again, these are all different channels of like how you're getting leads into the pipeline. And then we might start up like referral partners slash affiliates potentially this year. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah, wait, what are we going to do with the referrals and affiliates? What's our plan there? I feel like we're sleeping. I feel like there's so much referrals. Well, I feel like every client has the potential to refer one person, you know, like easily. Yeah, and then the thing with affiliates, it's like it's hard to find people that would actually be like good affiliates. Like that was another thing with like giveaways where like people would be like, oh, I'll, I'll resell your giveaways. And then you like send them the message to resell and no one brings in spots. And you have like 20 people hit you up about reselling giveaways and no one brings in spots. So it's kind of hard to find affiliates, but. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, so basically like a qu quick outline of all the ones that were like we're initiating Instagram DMs uh, being like one pipeline that's bringing in leads is we already went in depth into that. Cold calling is basically a cold calling structure. You have a script, you use a software, like we're using Kixi, but like we use phone burner in the past, reaching out to leads, having a leads list that you can download from like Crunchbase or any type of lead list, Zoom Info, any of those, downloading that lead list, calling them. Then you have uh, referral partners, which is what we were talking about, was basically connecting with people of adjacent industries. Like for example, like we're in the social media and press space. We were thinking about reaching out to people in that like do website design, that people do like ones that are in non-competing industries. And then we could cross refer over uh, people from that. Haven't set that up yet. And then the other one is uh, direct ads. There's six in total, I, I believe. But the other one is direct ads that we have right now where we're just doing lead inform ads on TikTok, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And and right now, TikTok and Facebook are crushing it. You get really good content in place. Just do lead-in form ads connected with your CRM. You'll get the lead-in. You'll get the lead-ins through that, and then you get your team to call them, book them on appointments. Again, there's a ton more to that, but that's like a basic overview. Mm -hmm. 
Cool. What are the goals? Well, I mean, there's the secret mission that's happening, but don't know if we can get into that. Yeah, like our big massive soon. fucking goal. We no. can't even talk about. Yeah, I can't even talk about that goal. That's gonna be a low key one. Yeah, the people to so find massive. out when it happens. Let's just say if the goal comes to fruition by the end of 2023, the high key boys will have a private jet. Actually, yeah. That's <laughs> no, real. No, that's, but that's like, facts. We'll, like, we'll need one. Yeah, we'll need one. Yeah. We'll be traveling to different islands. Yeah. Oh, my literally. God. That's a, that's a hint. I mean, if you can put it two and two together, you'll see what Bro, we're literally Bro, we're literally on the best island. But like, where else would we travel to? Yeah, Puerto Rico. Let's go.